Join us on October 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time for the Commonwealth Club Gala as we celebrate outstanding community advocates who, through incredible acts of service and long-standing leadership in their communities, embody the theme of Stand By Me. Text CLUB2022 to the number 41444 so you can register and donate today. Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Hello, and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California, the nation's oldest public affairs discussion forum. I'm Ann W. Smith, co-chair of the club's arts forum and today's program organizer. I'm so honored to bring you the Commonwealth Club's speaker for today, Brewster Kale, speaking about public libraries and American democracy. Since the 18th century and pre-Constitution America, libraries have been a public space, a central repository where books could be borrowed, read, and returned, a long-defended democratic ideal of the public library. So in conversation today uh, with Brewster Kale, who is the founder and digital librarian of the Internet Archive, which he founded as a nonprofit in 1996. It was built to be both the library of the Internet and the library on the Internet, an absolutely grand repository of knowledge. Its mission, universal access to all knowledge through the networked reach of the internet, which allows the archive to serve as a local library for users anywhere. And Webster um, founded uh, this, but he also created the internet's first publishing system called Wide Area Information Server Waste, or and he also co-founded Alexa Internet, which helps catalog the web. And then we've got the Wayback Machine on the Internet Archive, which is the most one of the most popular internet websites. You can I hope you all have the pleasure of, you know, going and finding some treasured memory, cultural memory on the Wayback Machine. Everything, movies, TVs, books, whatever. It's way back there. Well, during the global COVID pandemic closures of public libraries and schools in 2020, the Internet Archive created the National Emergency Library to provide digitized books to students and the public. This changed the model of lending, one person, one book, etc. But subsequent lawsuits and responses have led to current federal uh, trials and court cases. Those have been led by major publishers contending that controlled digital lending means, quote, willful mass copyright infringement, unquote. Countersuits filed and championed by the archive propose that such an argument presents obstacles, quote, 
to the free flow of information, unquote. And the guarantee of public library lending access. Okay, Brewster, wow, thanks so much for talking about this today. The floor is yours. And thank you very much. I really very much uh, appreciate it. I will share my screen um, and give kind of an idea of what is going on uh, uh, from the Internet Archive's point of view, but hopefully a more global point of view um, uh, in some of the evolution uh, of the Internet and what actually is sort of shaping up is we're, we're upon this lawsuit uh, by these publishers to try to stop libraries from digitizing and lending one reader at a time to the, uh, to the works in their dusty, musty collections is just the last piece of an effort to make it so that libraries don't own anything anymore. They are just leasees or renters of um, materials that are um, continue to be controlled by these large-scale publishers. So let me say a little bit more about what, how this all works, sort of what's at stake, a little bit of sort of what the Internet Archive is, and then sort of what this drama uh, that's unfolding on the Internet um, is really all, all about. So it's these mega publishers are four major publishers that are suing the Internet Archive, a nonprofit library, over um, this uh, effort to lend uh, digitized versions of the books that it has that are not circulating. Um, so basically lending in the digital era. Um, and the uh, what's really at stake is are we at the end of ownership? Are, are we just going to have a Netflix of books going forward where anything can blink on and off, can be pulled from all library shelves all at once. That's what's at stake. So a, uh, a nation uh, article uh, by Maria Bustillos, um, our publishers are taking the internet to court, that uh, they want to change the rules of how the internet works and how libraries work and how libraries have worked for hundreds of years um, this is sort of the, the level of um, uh, structure um, that this thing is um, a pointed side of a stick. Um, who's bringing it about? It's uh, four large, very, very, very large of the largest publishers in the world. These are multinational media conglomerates. And uh, the lawsuit, um, according to the head of the AAP, was orchestrated by them. Um, so that's the American Association of American Publishers that are suing the Internet Archive. And they have a tradition. They, for instance, sued Maryland to stop them from being able to license ebooks from publishers um, or other uh, state uh, libraries. So they, they've had a tradition of this. And so this is part of their uh, general effort uh, against uh, libraries. Um, there's it's going on right now. Uh, it's sort of in so just. A few days ago, there was an author coalition that uh, signed up Neil Gaiman and, and uh, all these other uh, major authors went and said, you know, guys, the idea of, of you know, libraries are our friends. Um, the idea that we, we want libraries for in, in the Internet Archive to not be sued. Um, so there are um, this is a very active uh, public conversation that's happening out on the net. Um, so is this the last shot 
for libraries? Is this um, are, are basically the libraries and what they do? Are we toast? Are, are we over? And I would like to say in this that it's more uplifting than that. We're not dead yet. Um, so what is a library? Um, a library is something that buys materials, preserves it, and lends it out to re uh, readers. That's what it does. It's what they've always done. Um, that's what the Internet Archive is trying to do in the digital world. Um, and um, the publishers are saying you're not allowed to buy things. In the digital world, you're not allowed to preserve things in the digital world unless exactly the way they say you're allowed to until they tell you you're not. Um, and you're not allowed to lend things. So the basic principles of libraries are um, are, are right now being um, rewritten by the publishers. Um, and the uh, they're trying to clean up actions against bringing digitized materials online by attacking the Internet Archive. And it's programmed to, um, to digitize and lend. So the Internet Archive uh, motto is universal access to all knowledge. Um, this is a picture of our building. It's in San Francisco. Please come visit us. Um, even in COVID, we're open and, and, uh, and available. Please come and visit us in the Richmond District of San, uh, San Francisco. We have extremely large collections of materials. So, for instance, we've got 790,000 software titles that you can actually go on the archive, uh, archive.org, click and play um, games and productivity software from uh, Apple IIs and, uh, and IBM P's through, through emulation. Um, so these are, are uh, bringing things available. I'm going to hit sort of just these, these numbers, a very large numbers of just sort of what kinds of things are available on the Internet Archive. We have 5 million moving images um, uh, that people have either uploaded or we've digitized from 8, 16, or 35 millimeter um, materials, most of which have been donated to the Internet Archive, or their lectures and, uh, and, and the like that are available on the Internet Archive. 14,000 audio recordings. We have everything the Grateful Dead's ever done. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of concert recordings that are um, that, that from tape-sharing um, uh, bands, um, and uh, there's also all sorts of other types of audio recordings, including uh, radio recordings that uh, are being um, podcasts um, that are being archived by the Internet Archive on Moss. Um, we have two million television news programs um, that are available searchably. So you can go and search what people said, get clips. And if you want to borrow the whole program, we put it onto a thumb drive and lend it to you. Um, you you can then, uh, if you're making a documentary, pursue the rights for the uh, pieces that you want uh, to be able to make your documentary, or you can just have a copy of your um, uh, to be able to see and understand uh, television in a way that is very difficult to in with television that just keeps flowing past. So it allows people to get an idea of what's going on. Oh, there's an interesting use case of this. Uh, we take the, uh, the the closed captions the and use that for searching. But they've also, um, a fellow named Caleb, a GDELT, has taken these and made a database out of it. So you can compare, say, cable news stations about their coverage of particular subject areas and to try to understand sort of where, uh, what's happening in ter terms of our media bias by taking a step back and seeing the big picture. 
So there's uh, data mining that is possible because there's a library that has copies that can go and make uh, these available for researchers that then are then used by journalists to try to help um, uh, understand what's going on. And it's heavily used by the New York Times, Wall Street, uh, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, and the like um, to go and um, say what's going on in Russian television news that um, like what's the uh, happening in those environments. So television news. Um, ebooks. We've digitized about 6 million books that belong to libraries such as the Library of Congress, the San Francisco Public Library, um, the uh, other other uh, New York Public Library, all these other uh, Boston Public Library, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, about 3 million of those are uh, public domain works that are before 1925. Um, and then about 3 million are modern works uh, that are made available to the blind and dyslexic. Uh, so if you have, are you visually impaired, then please use this vast library for free um, and it will read aloud to you. And it's really quite uh, impressive. Also from, for machine learning and interlibrary loan and a subset are used for this uh, digital uh, control, digital lending, which is a term um, from, bunch of copyright lawyers that came together and said, this is uh, con controlled digital lending and it's uh, fair dealing, fair use within the internet, uh, within the United States. So uh, there are about 6 million eBooks. I'll stop on these numbers soon. We have very large number of, of web pages. The Wayback Machine is probably our most famous service. And it basically is a archive of um, web pages going back to 1996. So you can see what web pages used to look like. And it's useful for those because most of the web pages that um, are no longer in print. They, uh, they fall out of print just like books fall out of print. And that's why you need libraries to, uh, to be there. So uh, just playing the same role um, that libraries always do. But this in, the, in this case, it's based on web pages, but it's a lot of them. Uh, we collect yeah. on the order of 600 million pages every day. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a large collection. And all in all, it's about 99 petabytes of data. I love that number because it's just so huge um, that this has got so many zeros. Um, and you can come in the San Francisco and come and see the primary copy of these uh, servers and the, and the servers blinking away um, by visiting us at the Internet Archive. There's multiple copies in um, Richmond, uh, California, also in Amsterdam, uh, in Ale Alexandria, Egypt for real, and also uh, growingly in Canada. Um, we're also working on building a next generation web called decentralized web um, that uh, would make it so that there's more robustness built into the uh, World Wide Web, more privacy, uh, but continues to be fun and, and uh, will hopefully make it so that people can make money by publishing on the net, unlike sort of how it works now, where it basically is controlled by a few very large publishing companies um, or tech companies. So uh, these are some of the act actions of the Internet Archive to give you sort of an idea. Uh, this is the Wayback Machine uh, that's serving 741 billion web pages. So you can go and browse this uh, all for all, all for free. So website and do and browse away and yes so archive.org try going to archive.org even while you're sitting here and just just see what what it, what it is but what's uh, what's right going on right now is the idea of digital ownership is under attack um that those scrolling long 
terms of service things that you sign, or even if you pay for something, they sometimes have the rights to take it back um, or to change it at any time, especially with books. If you have electronic books, um, you try to buy, preserve and lend. No, it just, they're not allowed by the big companies. There are small, um, awesome indie publishers that don't think that they're uh, going to <laughs> prosper by the uh, by the light of these mega billion dollar corporations. Uh, and they are interested in working with libraries and individuals so that they own their collections. But, you know, you think of the books that belong to your parents or you have behind you on uh, those bookshelves there, Anne, right? That those will no longer be yours in the digital era. They just, they, um, the current, current approach is you are not allowed to buy a book, ebook. You're only allowed to license it. You're not allowed to preserve it and you're not allowed to lend it. Um, and this is, um, uh, what is at stake. Um, since we, we try to buy ebooks and we do buy ebooks from publishers that will sell them to us. If they won't sell them to us, then we go and acquire the physical book digitize it, don't circulate the physical book, and we lend that, that one reader at a time. And these are just for books that are five years or older, and in general, people use them for as the 20th century. But this is uh, what this court case is about. So what happens if corporations license rather than sell things? Well, one is they get to hold on to them forever, hold on to them in the sense of not letting go. Um, in the old days, Publishers would publish things, libraries and individuals would buy them. And if when the publisher wasn't printing them anymore, they were still available. That's no longer the case here. If they want things to go away, when they go out of print on their one server, they go away from everybody forever. Um, they can decide what can be done uh, with them and forever. So copyright um, allows things to go into the public domain eventually. They allow um, things to be made available to the blind and dyslexic. Um, there are, there's adaptions to this. None of that is allowed in these license agreements unless they're explicitly put in, but they tend to not be um, to uh, only what it is they allow in any particular circumstance to happen. They can also take them away at any time. There's a famous case when um, Amazon came out with the Kindle. They went and distributed 1984, the famous book by George Orwell, um, on the Kindle to people so they have a, uh, a book that they can read. The family objected. So a Amazon went and reached on to all of these Kindles they'd already sold and yanked the book off of it demonstrating something that we'd always knew they could do, but the idea that right away, just after they made the Kindle, they, uh, they would do this. Actually, why would you call a Kindle, uh, a book reader, a Kindle, which is about kindling and fires and anyway, uh, it, it's, it's, um, it, it, but we're now all in this electronic world. So it's not a peripheral to our world. It is our world. So we have to go and make sure that it works for all of us and not just for some large scale. Uh, publishers. So let's consider digital books. If, uh, if you cannot buy one, but only lease one, then every reading event is a permissioned event. In other words, it's not like when you just buy it, it's like, who's allowed to read something at any time. So it, it could be that, oh, you're in the wrong country, or you don't make enough money, or you're not the right color, or however, they can go and turn off a book at any time. In fact, they can change that book such that it is a different book for you 
because of who they think you are. So there's no concept of fixity anymore. It's all controlled on a page by page basis, on a user by user basis. And these things are actually happening now. Every page is tracked by the publishers. There's a, a couple of days ago, there was this announcement, very proud of the, the author's guild went and forced uh, Amazon to go and spy on their users even more to go and count the number of pages that, of every ebook that is being read out of uh, by that uh, not read, but just flipped by by a uh, a user, and so that if they try to return the book, if they um, flip too many pages, they wouldn't get a response. And this was a major victory by the Authors Guild to force Amazon to spy even more on their uh, readers. So the idea of page, page tracking is being proudly pronounced and forced by the Authors Guild. I, but anyway, this is the bizarre Alice in Wonderland world we now live in. So they can change a book at any time. No libraries will own digital books. That's the way it is currently I, from these major publishers. Yes, Anne. Well, understanding this is doing away with copyright law, basically? It's No, they want both. I mean, they went and um, contorted copyright law into just bizarro land. And then they slapped these licenses on top of it. So they're basically claiming not only licenses, but also copyright to these materials. So copyright is a very powerful force where you get to go and have the government be your policeman to go in and protect their interests. But then they put a license on top of it as well, um, which is even more restrictive than what it is that's happened to copyright. So it's a problem. Um, so we base. Yes, Anne. No, I'm fine. Good. It is a problem. It's a problem. So corporations and governments can change history. Basically, they can go and say, and there are very few um, publishers now. Um, and there's reason for that. And it's partially this. It's um, there's no amount of digital currency idea of NFTs or whatever or copyright law changes that will stop it. It's a miracle of license agreements that you can go and sign away all of your rights um, to what it is you're viewing at the moment. And it's the only way that they're making things available. And this lawsuit is about trying to make it so the scanned PDFs won't uh, uh, come into this uh, this universe. Um, and there are fewer and fewer publishers. Um, there, uh, I, there are big five publishers and uh, actually Justice Department thank God, is objecting to Penguin Random House buying Simon & Schuster. So there would only be four. But the idea of that being the major, number of major publishers is the wrong number of zeros. We need lots of publishers. These are not your mom and pop uh, organizations. These are ones, you know, one is run, that's suing us is run by Rupert Murdoch. So that's the sort of these multinational media conglomerates um, is what's actually controlling who gets published, who gets distributed, how this uh, all all works. Um, so it's in very, very few people's hands. It's interesting because we're, we're trained to think that the villain is the uh, Silicon Valley large corporations. And certainly they've got things that they could certainly improve. But this is a set um, that I think are not being examined in the way that uh, we in the public sphere should be examining how our culture is being um, uh, manipulated and run in a time of disinformation 
and, and problems to democracies around the world has somewhat to do with information access. And, um, and this is curtailing and controlling information access at a level that is, was never possible in the paper era. Okay. Sounds bad, right? Okay. Pretty downer stuff. Um, but is it happening? Um, well, yes, unless we work together. So some examples. So our book's disappearing? Yes. So just last week, um, uh, Wiley, one of the uh, major corporations suing the Internet Archive, went and um, had taken a database of, of books that they had licensed to lots and lots and lots of libraries, and they had assigned uh, professors and assigned them in courses, and they just took 1,200 of them away. Just poof. They just went away. Um, and so all of those students, nope, sorry, you can't have that, uh, ebook. So because those libraries didn't own anything, they had no sense of permanence. Is it happening? Yes, it happened last week and it happens continuously. Are they watching every page? Absolutely. Uh, and you know, the author's guild is proud to go and force them to do even more, um, uh, overdrive Libby. Um, every one of these things is counted because it goes through these centralized services. One of the great things about libraries is they protect privacy, um, that you, um, you have these local libraries. They're the ones, if anybody knows you're reading what you're reading, I mean, there's a long history of people getting rounded up for the books that they've read and bad things happening to them. So let's not build in that, uh, level of turnkey authoritarianism, um, into our technologies. And it is there right now. Um, book banning. Um, so there seems to be a contest on how fast one can ban books in the United States these days. When was that okay to do? Um, and then, but these large scale publishers are working in coordination because they're so closely aligned. There's so few of them, they can be pressured by governments to change what's published, what's been published, um, and, and uh, change distribution structures. So what should we do? I mean, okay, sounds pretty bleak. There are things we can do. Let's support the indie publishers who sell books to libraries. And there are a bunch of them. PM Press is over in Oakland. They're awesome uh, to, to deal with. AK Press, Seven Stories in New York. They're great. 1111 Brickhouse. There are more and more that are going and saying, yeah, we actually want to sell books to libraries. That That's a good idea to do. And libraries take care of them and will only preserve them and lend them one reader at a time. Just the same way we always always have. So support uh, your indie publishers. Um, support antitrust to block mergers. It's much harder to take things apart after they've been put together. And uh, I'd love to see uh, Cory Doctorow and Rachel have, have written a recent book about sort of the importance of really getting um, antitrust going again. Information is different from just selling commodities like rice or uh, cheese or uh, steel. Um, one book is not the same as another. If you have enough control over, say, one segment of the um, uh, scholarly publishing market, your library, your university, your college really has no choice but to go and pay whatever it is and under whatever weird terms they are. So it's not like there's commodities. Com capitalism and the market works well when there's interchangeable choice. And there really isn't in a monopoly market. 
uh, such as uh, information products. So um, let's block any trust and let's build up our, our libraries, support the Internet Archive and libraries that own collections, that that's what libraries are. That's what they always have been. Um, and stop those that are trying to redefine libraries to just being customer service departments for database products from mega corporations, that this is the uh, way to go and have cultures that we work with for forever. And there are many libraries that own their physical collections and are working together with controlled digital lending. This is Boston Public Library, MIT uh, libraries. There's hundreds of libraries, University of Michigan, on and on and on, that use controlled digital lending um, as a mechanism to augment their uh, res uh, resources uh, and uh, activating to people that are often working remote or they're on screens. And during the pandemic, this became a big issue. So let's support our libraries that own collections and let's uh, please uh, support and, uh, and, and visit the Internet Archive. So thank you very much. I think I'll, I'll take it off of screen share and uh, we can go to a more informal environment. Okay. I have a lot of questions. Please. It says, you know, I noticed it said the Department of Justice is working with you with the Internet Archive. And okay, no, not 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 in this case. No, the Department of Justice on its own. Thank God, um, they are um, uh, working with. They they are objecting and suing to stop the merger of Penguin Random House and Simon and Schuster. So. Uh, this is not instigated by the Internet Archive. We're in favor of keeping these, uh, these you know, going from five major publishers in the United States to four. Um, uh, but uh, it, it's it, we're, we're, this is not the mom and pop publishing world that kind of we think of. This is um, these are major media conglomerates that have often real political points of view that they're going to put, be putting through their multiple channels. Uh, and um, hmm. it's the, the power has moved from the purchaser to the seller. The, the um, we that buy lots of books and why do I buy a lot of books? Um it, it's not in uh, control any, any anymore in the major publisher cases. In the indie publishers, they're doing great. Let's let's go and make them happen. That was something interestingly that seemed to have happened during the pandemic was that book sales went up. You know, people started uh, buying books and going to to small their their local bookstores and and treating them as a place they needed to be. The and publishers are more profitable than they ever have been. Um, they, they are, they are skyrocketing and they're, and they're using, and they're saying, Oh, these libraries are going to kill us. It's like, I don't think so. Um, then why are they continuing to sue libraries and sue the state of Maryland, for instance, over, over a law that was passed and in other States as well, there's, uh, that all, all the all the libraries wanted in the Maryland Act was to be able to license books on quote reasonable terms, not even specifying what they are. Didn't even specify in that case that they wanted to own the books, which I think was a mistake. They should say they wanted to own the book, but that was beyond the pale to the American uh, 
Association of Publishers, which sued uh, the state of Maryland, and actually they won. Um, so there, there are books that are uh, not available in libraries in any way, ebooks that are not available in libraries at all because they just didn't want to have library patrons be able to have access to these materials. So this is really anti-literacy too, in my view, because it's stopping people from uh, knowing about books and accessing the books. And in my view, that's very anti-literacy. And um, this is another major um, issue. Um, you reference the Authors Guild. How did they evolve and why do they have the attitude towards libraries that they do? Uh, they were the ones that sued Google Books and then they... When they lost that, they sued Hati Trust, which is a digital library, part of University of Michigan, to stop them from uh, doing data mining uh, and trying to stop any uh, of that. Um, they, they're a Washington-based group. They tend to be very closely aligned with the American Association of Publishers. Um, they are uh, really quite aligned um, in their, in their uh, policies. Mm. So, they, but they are. There are other. There are other authors groups like Authors Alliance um, is is uh, another group that's really it's more uh, authors that are uh, coming together to say yes, let's figure out new ways to be read. Let's 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 use that as what we want is we're authors that want to be read. Let's figure out how to make that happen and and, and make it work for all parties and, and combine. And that's that's the uh, so Authors Alliance is a great group to go and look into and join. Um, they are, I think, forward-looking um, in terms of how to make uh, business models work. Um, they're a fascinating group. And don't confuse them with Authors Guild. No, it's a it's a very different uh, yeah. different group. That author in there, so. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, well, we still we still have plenty of time left. I wanted to ask you. If you wanted to go into any specific um, any specific discussion about the process that you've been going through, so the um, like where the lawsuit is. So the lawsuit was was um, um, uh, dropped on the Internet Archive with no discussion. There was just like bang, here it is. Um, uh, about two and a half years ago in the beginning part of the, um, uh, the pandemic. And um, it, the, there's no interest in settling. There's nothing. So this is just going through. Um, it's costing millions of dollars uh, to go and uh, do all of this. So, um, but in September... Um, the, um, both, both parties, the, uh, American Association of Publishers, you know, the, um, uh, and Penguin Random House and all these guys, um, and, and the Internet Archive asked for, uh, summary judgment. There's a lot of amicus briefs from librarians supporting the, uh, the, what's going on in the in Internet Archive, but also in their libraries and how this is a widespread practice. So all that happened in September. Then there was uh, countermeasures uh, saying the other side's 
briefs were wrong. And um, actually, just uh, this coming this week, there will be the last round of those um, uh, those those court documents, and then it's up to the the judge. Um, the judge. Um, can decide within days or uh, more likely and sort of during 2023, uh, we'll hear what the uh, judge rules after maybe or oral arguments. Um, one or both of the, uh, the, the um, litigants are likely to appeal. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, so this is likely to go on for, for years and, and years. Um, so this is that's what's going on in the United States. Other countries are doing great. Um, they don't have some of these um, issues um, with the with publishers, um, but the United States is um, is continuing to have issues around disseminating uh, or having libraries act in uh, library behalf uh, with patrons during these critical times of people trying to understand. And if we don't bring the twentieth century online in such a way that it's available holy crow we could end up with a generation and they we do we have a generation now that's grown up without access to the works of the 20th century so some of the, just to give an idea of what the internet archive does so we uh the internet archive has gone uh works with wikipedia and the little footnotes on the bottom of wikipedia um we've fixed the footnotes that that went to dead web pages and we've fixed almost 15 million of those um, we also have found the, the links to books, um, and we prioritize digitize, acquiring and digitizing those books so that if it has a page number, you click on it and open, and it goes right to the right page. You only get those two pages, and if you get you know want to turn to more and more, you have to borrow it. And if there's anybody else that's already borrowing it, then you have to join the wait list, just like a library. But you can go and oh. reference the what's going on in Wikipedia so that you don't have to just take this factoid as right. Um, so um, that is kind of the type of thing that the Internet Archive does to try to help people understand their world. Wikipedia is the number five most popular website in the world. It's fantastic. I use it all the time. The Internet Archive is number 300. OK, I'm a little envious that they're so much more popular. But on the other hand, there are 100 million less popular websites than the uh, Internet Archive. People are looking for information to dive in and get an idea of what's going on so that they can check on what's going on. And it also helps Wikipedia editors make better articles. And when the Wikipedia uh, fights are going on behind the scenes, it depends on, on whether books are linked um, to them to know whether the uh, the citation holds. If you're in a battle, you you want the best, most authoritative source, and you need it clickable. If it's not, then it may just go to a blog post that's uh, available from from free non uh, paywalled website promoted by whom? Um, these are some of the uh, issues going on. Of what's I'd say why we're having some of the civil discourse problems um, is we've stripped out um, the published materials. Uh, out of the internet in many circumstances by these pointed sticks uh, by major corporations. And they can keep doing that. And, and, and so I can't know the information. Um, I, if, yeah. if I want to know this, if I want to go get this 20th century information, I'm a student well, you can try to find a library that physically owns it and you can get to it and then try to get it. Um, 
That's um, sometimes pretty onerous. And a lot of libraries are transitioning their physical collections either into offsite repositories or they're deaccessioning to get the space back because people want it for other types of use. Um, people are expecting things to be digital. Um, and the out of print books are, are in a legion. I mean, books go out of print almost immediately in general. Um, so uh, the idea of having not having libraries be able to go and keep these things uh, in some level of circulation in a controlled way, in a way that supports authors by going and purchasing these books. Now, the, what the publishers pay to library uh, authors is often criminally low, but that's not under our control. Um, but the, uh, but we, we purchase books, um, uh, there's about $12 billion a year spent on American libraries, 21 billion across the world, about one third to one quarter of that three or $4 billion in the United States is spent on publishers products. It's about 20% of the trade book, um, money, uh, that goes to publishers comes from libraries. Libraries are a big socialized um, decentralized support system for cultural creativity. Um, and if we go and box in libraries and make them useless, like a, um, a Netflix kind of thing that you just get at home, we're going to continue to see libraries get less and less um, taxpayer money because it's getting um, it's becoming less useful to people. Libraries are still massively used, on the other hand. I mean, we don't want to say that they're, they're not. Um, but if we abuse the library system, uh, we could lose a major cultural support that's supporting a lot of authors. Um, and let's go and have our libraries support authors more directly. Let's make sure that they're purchasing books from publishers that are good to authors and good to libraries. Yes, and I like the phrase you used about the support for cultural creativity. And creativity and imagination are thing are two as, two elements of uh, human um, interest and achievement that are that are struggling right now. Also, um, in that people. People don't know how to create. They don't know how to try. They've been discouraged. Well, I think we, we've got to keep keep it going. It's a system that has worked for thousands of years. It came before copyright. Um, there was a question actually in the YouTube channel that I thought was kind of interesting. Can I can I just jump to it? Oh, please, yeah. Have could... publishers tried to offer any uh, any possible implementations to bring the features that the archive provides, like the Wikipedia deep linking? Not that I'm aware of, and uh, not not for like closed books. I mean, imagine trying to go to page 127 on a Kindle. I mean, how would you even do that? I mean, they, they don't have pages. You can't link into a book on a Kindle. Right? The idea of a referenceable thing into one of these book readers is completely re uh, uh, dependent on the, um, the reading platform. And those aren't consistent. So some of it actually is like, well, how would you do that? What's the URL for a Kindle edition of a book? Um, and are they putting them up on the uh, internet? Uh, not, you know, in a free and open access way, at least even for pages. 
some some somewhere on uh, some scholarly papers or sometimes do the abstract. Sometimes things are available for a while. They take them down. It's all under their control. So it's very difficult to build uh, on in any kind of consistent way. One thing the Internet Archive really strives to do for 26 years is to have URLs that don't change so that you can go and link to things um, even down to the page level. Um, and have that continue to work over decades. Um, that's not the real role of library, uh, of publishers. Publishers are out, should be out there making the next great thing. And then libraries should be out there buying those as well as, as, as readers and putting them in their own personal libraries. Let's have personal libraries work uh, well as well, not just public libraries. So um, I, I think we've, you know, the Commonwealth Club has had a long tradition of following up on important issues of our time, of how our civic infrastructure works. And this may not be as prominent as some of the misinformation campaigns we're seeing in Russia or on uh, on social media, but I'd say it's every bit as important that uh, books are the way that um, we think things through. It's, we, it's what we've invested in um, to go and have long-form discussions of deep ideas, and going and removing those from a generation is has implications that I don't want to see. The uh, the idea of shutting down libraries in the digital realm and or never letting them happen, to the extent that what a library does is uh, buy, preserve, and lend, to the extent that that is what a library uh, is in the digital realm. Um, if we never let those happen, if this succeeds, um, we are in deep trouble. Um, uh, so it's... Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy that there's um, discussion going on within the Commonwealth Club community uh, on this subject. Um, it's uh, it's an it's an important one. Yes, and I think um, we talk about law. We talk the the phrase is the think of the vocabulary that we're using: long form versus digital or. Uh, uh, the, the 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 comparison of um and this is a generational thing where you know you're in my generation digital to me is still um got problems in appreciating it properly in other words it's it'll be too much of a struggle for me to go find that page in Kindle i'm just going to go back and pick out a book <laughs> I'm going to go yeah, more and more people are just shifting to digital. And, you know, that's the direction. I, I have to say I keep buying physical books because I love paper. Um, but, yes. but when I'm doing research, I like to have the paper because I prefer reading paper. But I want the online so I can search and find things. I want to be able to quote it. I want to be able to annotate it. I, I want all of the affordances of our physical universe, which we couldn't have um, if we were to go and take it so that we can control our own reader technology. There's, um, and there are publishers that are going in this direction. Brickhouse is one. They're selling materials. Um, there's this book server system that um, has mobile that uh, technologies, uh, LCP and Simply E are these um, uh, library-based systems where you can go and buy and borrow books over the internet and be able to read them on your mobile platform, um, but you're much more oriented towards um, uh, 
the reader as playing an active role and not just a consumer role where they just get to hear, see play when uh, at some times and not others. Um, so there are uh, technologically things that we can do to balance this equation. There's plenty of money. Um, these, these publishers have never made more money than they're, than they're currently making. There's plenty of money. Um, it's maybe not going to the right places. Um, so the right publishers, uh, to the right authors, um, and let's go and make a system with a game with many winners, not just one where there's five big corporations. Oh, now going to four. Um, that's not, uh, that's not a game with many winners. That's a game with a few. Um, let's make it so that there's many publishers, many booksellers, many libraries, lots and lots of authors, and everyone a reader. And let's have that system work. We've done it before on the internet. Even the music world got to, uh, to the point of going and selling MP3s, um, you know, after they got done sort of suing grandmothers and the like. Um, let's bring, let's get the book publishing industry uh, to, uh, to embrace the net um, rather than uh, fight it. That's kind of what this is reminding me of. You mentioned the music issues at uh, what at the uh, at the arts, um, and all of all of those copy those those fights well, went on, and it was brutal, and it was just sort of stopping things from moving forward. And then we ended up with oh, you could buy MP3s. Now we're doing Spotify, which has its own uh, issues to it. Um, we're digitizing LPs and CDs. Uh, we can't make them very available, only 30 seconds and the like. But only one-third of those tracks on those LPs or CDs are in Spotify. So it may seem like there's everything, but it's not. Um, so I think there's real reason to have ownership in the digital age. Uh, and that book, um, uh, The End of Ownership by Jen, uh, by Jason Schultz, is a, is, is, is a good one that sort of goes over how did we get here? Why the step, step, step to convenience where we don't even own, you know, the tractor that we uh, we thought we bought from John Deere because we can't repair the software because that would be breaking the license um, on your phone um, to go and make any additions that aren't um, uh, exactly what Apple said you're allowed to do is called jailbreaking. It's like, really? I mean, isn't it this my phone? It's like, well, not really. Um, so how do we go and have good convenient, good, well-working systems, but have a balance. That's, that's, uh, we, we've seen the, the swing so far towards the commercial, you know, whether it's the, the Facebook, Googles and Amazons that we're, you know, people are, are used to going and complaining about, but I would say the big publishers, the academic publishers, the book publishers are also wanting their own, uh, sense of, of monopoly power. They're certainly not going for universal access they're not they're going not in the, in that direction at all if it's not available for them in exactly the way they want it and the only for the person then there's just no access at all um even things that they have sold from before that they have published remember publish has public in it that they they made it available people have invested in these materials Let's go and make it so that libraries survive into the digital uh, digital era. So let's go back to the people <laughs> where where libraries were set up in the first place, um, and the American system of libraries is one that um, 
has uh, is the envy of the world in many ways and the way that it evolved to be free, which is curious in other countries, to be accessible to everyone, um, to be and, and was was part one of the uh, free society um, judgments, so that when black people couldn't go into a library, then in in the in the south or you know during the whole um that whole period then something was illegal it was it was not a it went away from being a human right because humans couldn't access it so so it's you know, we're we're back there again i mean when the publishers went and said under no circumstances can any libraries license these books uh you it's like Wow, really? Um, and are we back there again and by you guys? Um, so that's uh, and there's a question that was in in the YouTube channel is uh, what future tech innovations does the Internet Archive have on the on the roadmap besides this decentralized web? I, I, let me bring up two that I think are, are kind of interesting. Um, on October 19th here in San Francisco, we're having we're closing down part of Funston Street. There's going to be a ban. There's our annual announcement. It's about democracy's library. The idea of ha- the democracies invest in their citizens by public education and by publishing widely and openly. Um, and so the idea is to go and work together with libraries and governments around the world to take the government works of that they've published over all time and make those a prominently available. You'd think that the public domain is publicly available, and the answer is it is not. Not in the digital world. It's mostly locked up in database products, if at all. So let's go back um, and make permanent access to the works of governments. Um, And so there'll be some exciting announcements around Democracy's Library. Another um, advance that is still in progress is called book server book server is like web servers where you can sell your own books so imagine you're an author you can go and use your your shopify or your wordpress um, and you can go and sell those books and then libraries can buy those books and then lend those so that a reader can go and see for this book, I can buy it from this bookseller. I can buy it straight from the author, or I can borrow it from this library. Click, 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 get there. So in a distributed way with search engines, like web servers, but for books that are both vended and lended. So they're bought, they're purchased uh, and they're borrowed Um, book server. And uh, this was an idea about 10 years ago. A lot of us went off to build components and we now have the protocols standardized, some of the technologies of DRM that are publisher blessed uh, going and we're weaving it back together again because of some of these, uh, these, these challenges that are going on towards platforms rather than protocols. We want to basically have protocols that will work by rule of law, not based on yes. rule of contract. That we, um, that's the, the way that civil society should work for the moving around of information products. The rule of law. I was going to say, what, what it, isn't there something that can be done? And the, there it is, the rule of law. So you have these oh. parallel things that are going on. So we don't have to, as it was at the beginning, we, we are not necessarily doomed, but making parallel moves. So yes. while we have our fingers crossed that uh, <clears throat> that Brewster and Internet Archive, and do we have any more anything else in the 
Yes. Uh, any comments on choke, choke Point Capitalism by Cory Doctorow and Roberta Giblin? It's fantastic. I saw them last week there. It is a great book. Great read. Cory Doctorow is a fabulous thinker about these times. Another great one is called Walled Culture. It's available for free uh, as, a, as an ebook um, that just came out. Uh, Walled Culture. Uh, Choke Boy Capitalism, if you want to go and read about some of these these areas, if you want to historically know what happens to libraries, I would recommend The Library, A Fragile History, that that is a, a, it's a book about the whole history of libraries and what happens to them. Spoiler alert, it's not good. Um, but it is a, a very instructive, I'm, I'm right now in the whole Enlightenment and Reformation where there is, you know, a new printing, uh, a new media uh, technology came around and changed everything. And it changed how people related to each other and a lot of things burned. I think there's lessons we can learn by, by reading uh, history uh, such as that. That, yes. It's like, it's another, you know, the book, The Swerve, which talks yes. about how, the, how the, the manuscript made its way, you know, out of the monastery, <laughs> Back into the world with the discovery of of uh, past times, um, so we're we're in the middle of another swerve of getting uh, parallel ways to deal with the um, bullying the powers that be that don't have the imagination to make the world better, but want to status quo and. Um, take us backward, which we're not going yes. to do. So, you, I don't believe that. Let's that, build a better right? internet. Let's build an internet where there's many winners. Um, and any comments or, or suggestions, I'd be very interested in, in, in hearing about them. And, and um, you know, I, Anne, I think you're. Thank you very much for bringing this to the fore. Well, I, I'm happy to do it, and I will do it again. And I will say, you know, okay, well, thank you so much. It's about time we have to close, unfortunately. Um, but thank you so much, Brewster Kale, for talking about the threat to public libraries and lending. And a reminder, you can tune into this program in a few days on our YouTube channel. And so I'd just like to say thank you again so much. See you soon, my friend. And on behalf of the Commonwealth Club of California, celebrating our 118th year of enlightened public discussion. May it continue. The meeting is now adjourned. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support.